destination is the stars. Bonnie Milani. Come on, Harry. Turn off that damn light and get a move on. His wife, Harry decided, had a voice that belonged on a banshee. It certainly shrieked along his nerves. Go without me. Harry took what satisfaction he could out of the image of Marin County Society's own Gladys Morganlick moaning above someone's rooftop and pulled the hurricane lamp a bit closer on the nightstand. Damn. He wished the lights could come back on. This close to lamplight seared his eyes right through his closed lids, but he didn't care. It was a warm, beautiful, light pain. Harry, Gladys put a lifetime of annoyance into his name. You go, I'm not hungry. Stop talking stupid, I know. Ow! Gladys stepped into the doorway, one hand on a hip, the other now shielding her eyes from the lamplight. Somehow she'd saved her little black dress, a Versace, if Harry remembered correctly, along with a pair of stiletto heels that gave her a ballerina lift. The clingy little thing still showed off her figure. She kept her weight up these past few months, unlike himself. Harry's suit just hung on his thin frame now, like the night hung on his soul. For God's sakes, Harry, will you shut that light off and come on? What are you waiting for, an engraved invitation? Gladys angled her back to the light, hiding her expression. Now come on, there's a slam or rave or whatever they call them down in the mission district. There'll be excellent pickings after all those young Googlers crash. Since when did you even know the mission existed? San Francisco's techie homestead might be the trendiest district in the city, but it wasn't the kind of trend Gladys's socialites followed. What does it matter, Harry? Gladys took her hand off her hip long enough to rub her eyes. <sighs> Sorry, I didn't mean to snap. Let's just go, okay? I don't want to go to the mission. I want my sun porch and morning jogs and a well-done steak. Harry leaned back against the bedstand. Above his head, the lamp glow raised a sateen sheen on the crown molding edging the ceiling. I want my life back. Let it go, Harry. The good old days are gone. Gladys suddenly sounded weary. We can get past this. We're a team, remember? She leaned her back against the door jamb stared into the shadows away from the light. We've got the time. We can rebuild. Rebuild how? Harry shrugged off the theater cape he pulled over his head to shut out the light. It wasn't supposed to be like this. It was supposed to be better. It could still be better if you'll just get the hell out. Gladys's patience gave out in a flash of white teeth, but she was too thoroughly Knob Hill to snarl properly. She bit her lip closed, did the visible ten count, Sorry, she said, when she had her voice under control again. That didn't come out right. I just meant... I have to go out, I know. Then do it, Gladys softened her tone. Come on, Harry. It's not that bad, really. You can see the lights of San Francisco from out here. She held out a slender hand. Come see. Harry stared at her hand as if it were some magical, mythical creature. He could visualize the lights already. The beautiful, crystalline, safe light. To his surprise, Harry felt his tongue moisten. He could do this. He could face the dark if he could see the light. And his stomach was growling. He took a long breath. 
Pushing himself upright, he draped the cape across the bed and reached for the lamp. Leave the lamp, Harry. Gladys got a steel grip on his fingers. But you don't need it. There's plenty of light out here. You'll see. Harry crossed the room under his own strength. Then they stepped away from the door and the wall blocked his light. The terrible, terrifying darkness wrapped itself around him, trying to suck the life out of his lungs, suffocating him. He tried to run, get back to his light, but Gladys dragged him onward till the cold wind off San Francisco Bay slapped him in the face. And then they were outside, out into the nightmare of the midnight woods, out to the smells of prey scent and fear, out where the shadows stretched dark tentacles towards him. You said there were lights, Harry shrieked. You said we could see the city. You can. Gladys dug her fingers into Harry's palm and pulled. You just have to get high enough. I don't want to get high enough. Harry finally managed to gang free of Gladys's grip. The sudden release sent her reeling backwards, arms flailing. She landed hard on her butt, one high-heeled shoe cartwheeling off into the dark. She sat there a moment, staring at her toes. When she rose, it was with an awful finality. Then stay here, Harry. Stay here and starve. She flung her hands up, her body shifting, compressing, darkening. The great bat hovered a moment, chittering at him, then flapped off to be swallowed by the night. Whimpering, Harry fled back to his room. Thank God the lamp was still there. Sobbing, he wrapped his arms around it, his shame welcoming even the agony of its light against his eyelids. He could endure the pain, as he could endure the cold, and death, and even the hunger. But, oh God, what kind of vampire was afraid of the dark? Thank you.